Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Grada Shri Vasadi Gaura Bhaktavinna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So, today I will uh, go to, uh, I continue with the uh, great treasury of Western thought from Mortimer Adler. And uh, today I go to chapter four, which is called Emotion, Emotion, and I'll go to Pleasure and Pain. When I imagine man besieged by desirable delights, let us put the case that all his members should be forever seized with a pleasure like that of generation at its most excessive point. I feel him sink under the weight of his delight, and I see him wholly incapable of supporting a pleasure so pure, so constant, so universal. In truth, he flees it when he's in it, and naturally, hastens to escape it as from a place where he cannot stand firm, where he's afraid of sinking. Montaigne, Essays 220, we taste nothing pure. Hmm. I'm, I'm not really uh, familiar with Montaigne's uh, context so much, but uh, I'm getting the idea that he is speaking about, uh, about spiritual enjoyment. Um, he speaks about a type of enjoyment which is pure. Um, and which is so pure that we cannot bear the weight of it and that we uh, tend to run away from it and tend to... Uh, and that is interesting um, how somehow or other uh, we run away from spiritual enjoyment. Yes. In the association of great and pure devotees, we are being uplifted beyond our conditioned state. Um, the conditioned state are those things that have brought us some pleasure, some pain and pleasure. Uh, from the day we grew up, we're accustomed to them. And then suddenly to go to another, uh, another level, um, the level of pure enjoyment is then a realm where we feel lost. Um, on the one hand, we are attracted, and on the other hand, we feel that this is not somewhere where we can stay. Uh, we're not accustomed. We're not accustomed to be on this 
spiritual platform. In this way, in devotional service to Krishna, there is a taste, but uh, it's difficult to stay there. Although there is inspiration and taste, and we wouldn't want to give up Krishna consciousness for anything, and yet, uh, when we are in it, we are again uh, going down towards the, uh, uh, the familiar, the familiar material energy. In the Nectar Devotion, there's a description about bog and tyag. And bog means sense enjoyment, and tyag means giving up sense enjoyment. And it says that when we have bog, when we have sense gratification, then we get uh, frustrated and we want to give it up. Then we want tyag, renounce it. And when we have renunciation, then we want bog, then we want sense gratification again. So this is interesting. Um, we're falling short in depth in our spiritual endeavors. Although we get a taste in spiritual life, we cannot sustain it because we are not having the real depth of love. We are rather operating maybe on some curiosity, some initial taste that sparks an interest in more, but at the same time that taste is still not uh, not fixed, it comes and goes and slips from our hand and uh, and soon we'll return to the to the safe ground of what we know, sense gratification. Uh, and say, oh, glad to be home. But what is home? Uh, home is then a domain full of Pain and pleasure. Mm. Okay, so let's go a little further. Leonardo, there was never yet a philosopher that could endure the, the toothache patiently. However, they writ the style of gods and made a push at chance and sufferance. Hmm, yes. Yes, so uh, the statement of Leonardo uh, is is showing the difference between jnana um, and vijnana. The business of the philosopher is jnana. And jnana means uh, trying to intellectually grasp and understand something. But vijnana is actually realizing another platform. Uh, and Prabhupada, for example, uh, he was on that level. And when it came to a toothache, uh, it is known that Prabhupada had uh, a swollen cheek. So his servant, Harisori, said, Prabhupada, what is, what is wrong? Are you having a toothache? And Prabhupada said, oh, yes, some discomfort is there. Mm. But that was it. He never volunteered, you know, like, oh, do you have a toothache? 
you know, or anything like that. Like, oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, I have a toothache. Because we have the, amongst ordinary people, we have a pact that you give me sympathy and I'll give you sympathy. So if I go, oh, my toothache, all right, you'll give me a few minutes sympathy and next time it's your turn. Oh, you have a toothache? Oh. Mm. And, uh, but we see that uh, those who are fully realized, uh, like Prabhupada, totally oblivious. Not easy. Not easy to... Uh, uh, not easy to achieve. Then we get some comments from... Um, oh, and this was from Shakespeare. Much ado about nothing. Hmm. Then we get another quote from Bacon. The pleasure in the light of knowledge and learning, it far surpasses all other in nature. For shall the pleasure of affection so exceed the pleasure of the sense as much as the obtaining of desire or victory exceeds a song or a dinner? <clears throat> so must not of consequence the pleasure or the intellects or understanding exceed the pleasures of the affections we see in all other pleasures, there is satiety. And after they be used, their verdure departs, which shows, well, they but, but the seeds of pleasure and not pleasures, and that it was the novelty which pleased and not the quality. Mm. Yeah. All right, so uh, it is the novelty that pleases and not the quality. Mm. Well, <coughs> it is both. Um, it is both. Um, just a second. Uh, I want to find a quote. And uh, mm -hmm. it's a quote where. Uh, I've used it earlier in, in discussions, but it is a nice quote about the chanting of the Holy Name. Mm -hmm. Yes. So now, 
is, let's say, we go back to Bacon. Huh? We see in all pleasures there is satiety, and after they be used, their verdure depart, which showeth well they be but the seeds of pleasure, and not pleasures, and that it was the novelty which pleased, and not the quality. So the novelty that pleased, and not the quality. And then Srimati Radharani with hair standing on end. What is the word, Krishna, I have heard? Now a resonant of my ears, this word makes me mad with bliss. Kundalata, friend. That is the nature of that extraordinary name. Even though again and again it is tasted, it is always tasted as if it have never been tasted before. Alita, it's not only its nature, but also the love of the hearer that makes his word Krishna newer and newer at every moment. <coughs> mm -hmm. So that's interesting, um, because that deals with another level. Um, and again, going back to the concept that we discussed before, the jnana and vijnana. So the, the philosopher may get pleasure in the light of knowledge and learning, and the fact that it's uh, that it's new uh, is 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 what is really the, the cause of pleasure. But we see that for the devotee, the chanting of the holy name is always always fresh and always new. Mm. So on the spiritual plane, yes, that is there. Okay. Then Bacon also says, the deceiving of the senses is one of the pleasures of the senses. But this is, again, uh, materialistic. I remember being in a group of people uh, and who were smoking marijuana. And they sang a song. They, and the song was describing how different things in life went wrong. And then there was a chorus which said, but fortunately, I have the key to escape reality. So I didn't like that song, right? Because it's, it's self-deception. And then everything is fine. So in reality, the reality is not so pleasant. But then through some self-deception, uh, then we forget the unpleasantness and everything is fine. The deceiving of the senses is one of the pleasures of the senses. So I did like that to, to and then they would smoke their joint and say, fortunately, we have the key to escape reality. And I thought that was really not very, uh, very nice. The principles of pleasure are not firm and stable. They are different in all men, and they vary to such an extent in each individual that there is no man who differs more from another man than from himself at different times. A man has other pleasures than a woman has. A rich man and a poor man have different pleasures. A prince, a warrior, a merchant, a citizen, a peasant, the old, the young, the well, the sick, all vary in this respect. The slightest accidents change them. Pascal, geometrical demonstration. Hmm. 
So, uh, yeah, so, so whatever brings pleasure to, um, may, may differ and different, different people may derive pleasure from different sources. And even one individual may derive pleasures from different things at different points in time. Uh, but that is the nature of material uh, interaction, because in the Bhagavad Gita, chanchalam himana krishna, chanchalam himana krishna, yes, that the mind is restless in the material world. Um, and the reason is, is because things look like they'll offer us pleasure, and then they'll give us some pleasure, but they don't offer fulfillment. So then we start looking for something else, something more. So this restlessness then is the result of the fact that we never get, we get pleasure in the material world, but never fulfillment. And that is the key. Uh, when there's no fulfillment, we'll never have peace. Yes. So we need to have fulfillment. The pleasures of sense are really intellectual pleasure, confusedly known. Music charms us, although its beauty consists only in the harmonies, confidences of numbers, and in the counting of which we are unconscious, but which nevertheless the soul does make of the beats of vibrations of sounding bodies with which beats or vibrations come together at different intervals. The pleasure which sight finds in good proportions is of the same nature. And the pleasure caused by the other senses will be found too much to amount to much the same thing, although we may not able to explain it so distinctly. Leibniz, principles of nature and of grace. Hmm. So in the Briyad Bhagavatamrita, uh, when Gopakumar is traveling to higher regions in the universe, then Gopakumar is coming on the planet of the uh, of the Siddhas. And there uh, it's uh, the main process is meditation. And Gopakumar has a desire to see the Supreme Lord with his senses. But The uh, Gopakumar wants to see with the senses, but the residents of that particular realm are pointing out that no, everything is happening in the mind. Uh, it's all happening in the mind. The experience of thinking, feeling, and willing is happening in the mind. Therefore, uh, simply meditation will do. There is no need to enjoy the senses. So the pleasure of the senses are actually happening in the mind. 
Leibniz's intellectual, uh, but you know the intellect and the mind are often not separated as, as rigidly as in the Bhagavad Gita and may be seen as, as being uh, together. Um, attention and repetition helps much to the fixing any ideas in the memory, but those which naturally at first make the deepest and most, deepest and most lasting impressions are those which accompanied with pleasure and pain. Yes. Okay. Attention and repetition helps to much to fix any ideas in the memory. But those which naturally at first make the deepest and most lasting in presence are those which are accompanied with pleasure and pain. Uh, that is because the living being is by nature anandamoy bhyasat, is by nature pleasure-seeking. Uh, uh, and therefore, because all living beings by nature are pleasure-seeking, constitutionally so, therefore, uh, anything that deals with pleasure, with enjoyment or pain or suffering will make the strongest impression. Mm. And that was from John Locke, concerning human understanding. The senses have not only that advantage over conscience, which things necessary must always have over things chosen, but they have uh, <clears throat> like a kind of prescription in their favor. We feared pain much earlier than we apprehended guilt and were delighted with the sensations of pleasure before we had capacities to be charmed with the beauty of rectitude. Okay. Um, Johnson Hamburgo. Uh, we feared pain much earlier than we apprehended guilt. Yes. Rectitude. Hmm. I don't know what rectitude stands for. One second. Okay, rectitude is is a is a word of righteousness. Uh -huh. Yes, I mean okay. <clears throat> so he's speaking about uh, that the that actually we are more attracted to the sensual platform than to the intellectual platform. The intellectual platform brings in morality and analysis and so on. Uh, but we are actually uh, more drawn to a uh, impulsive platform uh, of, of, and the senses are dictating. And then comes in morality in the form of uh, 
rectitude, righteousness, or feelings of guilt, and so on. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, ultimately, um, the intellect is, is serving uh, the emotional experience because the emotional experience is the, end, is the essence. Uh, that emotional experience may now be uh, perverted because it became connected to the material energy. But when that emotional experience is connected to Krishna, then it begins to awaken in pure love. And then pure love becomes the foundation. And then connected to pure love, there are all kinds of uh, secondary sentiments, but which only increase the love. Like Mother Yasoda, she experiences fear when Krishna is seated on the huge body of a gigantic personality named Putana, whose breasts are like hills. And somehow or other, they saw Krishna sitting on, uh, on, on her body. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that is, is shocking. Uh, that is shocking. Uh, uh, so Mother Yasoda was immediately overwhelmed with fear. So fear comes in. Um, fear comes in. But uh, it is connected to love. So on the spiritual plane, although Yasoda is experiencing fear, it just increases her love for Krishna. So fear is serving love. Uh, but in the material world, uh, it may be different, right? Um, but because in the spiritual realm, emotion, feeling is before intellect. So in the material world, feeling is also intellect. Uh, in the spiritual world, intellect serves love. And in the material world, intellect also serves uh, feelings. And the feelings are now connected to sense pleasure. So in this way, it's understandable. Mm. That's uh, okay. So now I go to Kant, critique of the aesthetic judgment. The universal communicability of a pleasure involves in its very concept that the pleasure is not one of enjoyment arising out of mere sensation, but must be one of, of reflection. Okay, now we're talking about uh, communicating a pleasure. Uh, so, yes, uh, we are first of all experiencing a pleasure. That is the level of sensation. But then uh, we are, uh, you know, then we are also... Uh, deriving more pleasure by sharing that pleasure with others uh, in this way. Uh, and the, uh, but that needs some reflection. 
So then we begin to think about the pleasure, what it is. Then we have to kind of define it to express it. But this sharing is a very important uh, element in, in, uh, in our life, um, definitely. So when we go and understand all this, uh, uh, we're touching upon on rasa. Uh, and rasa is always about relationship. Um, so sharing is essential. Yes, there's no question that sharing is an add-on, but sharing is a fundamental principle of our existence because uh, all living, no living beings exist independent. We are all part and parcels of Krishna. So we'll always have a relationship with Krishna, either directly or indirectly with Krishna's energies. When directly, then we're speaking about rasa, a relationship in a particular mood or mellow. And uh, so the relationship is not only with Krishna, but also with Krishna's devotees. Uh, and that is our natural, our nature to be in relationships with, with Krishna and, and, and others, devotees. So there, the feelings are all shared. And that is uh, an experience beyond the sensation, uh, the sharing of the Ras and the recognition of the Ras uh, by others, right, also uh, awakens Ras in us. Uh, just as we are watching a movie and we are just uh, becoming, uh, we cry tears right, over uh, some people who are finally coming together. Uh, or if we, uh, or when in the Jumna Maharaj tells a story, he manages to uh, bring us to tears because we're seeing some, some rasa there, some, some actually some exchange from the heart. Someone really got, goes out of his way uh, for someone else. And it is highly appreciated. Yes. Uh, this the, the video clip of uh, someone who is just uh, very, uh, very poor and uh, out of a job and temporarily sleeping in the car, and but who has a degree and who goes for a job interview or has a job interview, but doesn't have money to wash uh, his shirt and get it pressed. So, and doesn't have a washing machine. So he asks someone if he can help, and the uh, person says, like, the other person is very cold and rejects him. Anyway, he, he goes back to an agency who helps him, and the, and, and the agent says, you know, he's really trying to help him. The agent says, don't miss your job appointment. He says, yeah, but I, you know, I don't even have money to get a suit. There is no point. Then the agent said, okay, 
you can have my suit. And then he wears the suit of the agent, really sharp suit, and he gets, gets the job. And as he's got the job, and the new boss introduces him to some of the staff, then one of the, uh, then the person who met him on the street and who didn't want to help him comes in. And it turns out he's like the coffee boy, you know, who just, just walks around and brings everyone coffee. And, uh, and now he's introduced to his new boss. And he says, you, recognizing the man who was begging in the street, he's now his boss. And, and now he says, yes, sir. So the story um, just shows like, yes, how one, uh, one person so cold and is now being put in his place and up for a surprise. And then meanwhile, another person went out of his way and gave him his suit to wear. How nice. So highly, highly appreciated. Uh, highly appreciated. So I am uh, enjoying uh, simply uh, my time online. Um, and you never know who you meet. Uh, Yes. Uh, the superiority of intellectual to sensual pleasures consists rather in their filling up more lime, in their having a larger range, and in their being less liable to satiety than in their being more real and essential. Maltus population. Um, so if we look back at the history, uh, in a period of time, reason has been placed above feeling. Uh, because we see it in, in early Greek philosophy coming up, that reason is held in higher esteem than feeling because uh, it is said through reason, man can elevate himself. In Plato's concept, uh, man, the soul, is riding in a chariot, and this chariot has two horses. One horse is, is a black horse, it's not a very beautiful horse, and the other one is a spirited horse, which is white and very beautiful, and this horse is going upwards and is eager, eager to embrace uh, uh, the better quality of life and seek, seeking for it. So this is the horse of reason. And then the other horse uh, is the horse of base instincts, which degrade one. Mm. So in this way, reason is placed higher than, uh, than sentiment and feelings, right? And this is, is something that, uh, that later on, that, that, that keeps on uh, manifesting itself. If you look at Aristotle, for example, Aristotle is, is placing reason as the main tool 
to uh, ascertain the truth. Um, so reason is seen as the tool by which man can attain the truth. Um, um, but all this is typically a part of an ascending process, a process where man is in ignorance and that by dint of his own reasoning, elevating himself. Um, the Vedic literature comes with another approach. It comes with the descending process. And in the, <clears throat> and in the descending uh, process, um, it is the mercy of the Lord that is emanating to the, uh, to the living beings. And that mercy of the Lord comes in the form of, of sentiment, of feeling, and it comes in the form of knowledge, in the form of intellect. So the essence of feeling is love of God. And that is, of course, the, uh, the principal experience. And as I said earlier, then the intellect is serving that. Uh, to understand the love, to increase the love, to uh, experience the love. But on the spiritual platform... Love, love of God, is the ultimate. And uh, so in this way, uh, then uh, all the sensual uh, pleasures are relating to satisfying the senses of the Lord, and that will satisfy the senses of the individual. And in the same way, uh, the intellect will then also be there to understand the nature of a love of God and how to increase our service to the Supreme Lord. So in this way, uh, the, uh, yeah, the philosophers, uh, Malthus here is, is not reaching up to the, uh, the spiritual platform. Let's go to Darwin, uh, to his autobiography. Uh, I discovered, though unconsciously and insensibly, that the pleasure of observing and reasoning was a much higher one than that of skill and sport, from Darwin's autobiography. Uh, so... Uh, Gyan, uh, the Gyani, because the activities of skill and sport are dealing with the material energy. And in the Bhagavad Gita, we find the description of Bhumira Pounalo Vayukamana Buddhaiva Chahankramitiyami Bina Prakitiya Astada. That we are getting the uh, eight separated material energies of Krishna. And we see that there are the uh, also uh, earth, water, fire, eater, mind, intelligence, and false ego. Then it says, then there's the living entity, that the living being is trying to manipulate that material energy for his own sense enjoyment. Yes. So, yes, 
then we can understand that the next level up is the jnani, who observes that and who sees that, yes, the living being is trying to manipulate that material energy for sense pleasure, but he doesn't always get that. He gets pain and pleasure, both. Therefore, the philosopher begins to question, uh, but is this really the purpose of life, or is there more meaning? Is there, uh, and begins to try and intellectually understand what is really the truth. Uh, now, if he becomes religious, then Kierkegaard says, then there is a, a leap of faith. Then he has to have faith that there is something like that. So the pure intellectual, uh, the pure jnani will, uh, will not be ready to make such a leap of faith and will just, uh, uh, he will just uh, explore um, what is there. It is only, uh, only when uh, one comes in contact with a superior person right, that one is ready to make that leap of faith. Only when one comes in contact with a person who has realization that one can make a leap of faith. Um, and therefore, the leap of faith is only made when there is descending knowledge, when one comes in contact with some descending knowledge. If one re remains in the realm of just intellectual analysis, then one will never uh, figure out what is true and what is not true. Uh, one philosopher will disagree with the other philosopher and there just will be, uh, there will be no fixed truth. Uh, one will, uh, one theory will replace another theory and this will go on forever. But if one comes in contact with descending knowledge, uh, then one comes in contact with the, uh, the durable and the eternal, then one can make that leap of faith. Uh, and, and, uh, but that leap of faith that one makes is then confirmed, right? As one jumps into uh, uh, making a commitment to the spiritual, and to believing in the Supreme Lord and in devotional service to him, there's reciprocation. So as the reciprocation comes, one gets at least some, some realization. And therefore, as the reciprocation is there, we become inspired. And this is called the, uh, the land map argument. Right? There is a land map and we may see uh, uh, a whole uh, trajectory on the land map, but we're traveling only part of it. But as part of it is true, we can develop faith in the whole, in the map as a whole. So the scripture is the map. And as we are reading the scripture, and as we are taking the leap of faith to go to, to start believing that this, this is the truth. And when we invest in it, then we get actually some realization. And so our faith is growing stronger and stronger. And so Darwin just remained on the intellectual uh, 
platform of arguing and reasoning and, uh, and never uh, developed any faith at all. And as a result, he was, uh, uh, that was his pleasure. I discovered, though unconsciously and insensibly, that the pleasure of observing and reasoning was a much higher one than that of skill in sport. Yes, skill in sport is one level, then reasoning is another, but then connecting with higher knowledge is next, and exploring that higher knowledge, coming from, descending from a higher source, scripture, that is yet another level. And Darwin didn't go there. So he, in a way, got stuck. All right, I, uh, I want to continue this, uh, this, uh, this series of lectures for a little while now, since I'm looking at this book, uh, which is called The Great Treasury of Western Thought. And uh, I will, uh, by Mortimer Adler, and uh, yes, uh, it's... Uh, I think it is useful to uh, to have such dialogue with the uh, with the Western world. I thank you very much for being with me today, and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you again tomorrow.